0: the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments.
1: Good morning, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. (laughs) Yes.
0: I'll say yes to spirit. I told somebody this morning that um, when I hear that intro music, it just shoots me like a bullet into a good, positive. This is why I'm here on earth. Kind of feeling, regardless of how distracted or dysfunctional or distressed. What other d word that I can use in a negative term? But uh, I was five minutes ago. When I hear that theme song, it just connects me back. And I think that was one of the things I thought I'd try to slip into the show today, but the importance of having those grounding or those routines that bring us that. So so slipping it in. I'll just say it right now and feel good about that.
1: Yes, I think it was slipped in quite <laughs> ably, quite well. And, and, you know, it's true. It's those anchors. Yes. And we've been doing the show now Or this is, I think, show number 86. Wow. So after a year and a half of hearing that music every week, once Mm -hmm. a week, you know, it's like, yeah, all right, it's a signal to your whole system. All right, you're ready. Live this stuff. Be this person who says yes to spirit. And uh, I love that. It's a great example because most of the time our anchors are things that we don't notice. Right. And they're Better things not that it. take us into depression, right. denial, anxiety. Depression, yeah, all of the stuff we don't want. But it's the exact same principle, mm-hmm. just shift it or just looked at from the opposite side of the coin. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to us for the first time, this is what saying yes to spirit is all about. We want to encourage you on your spiritual path, and uh, our best way to do that is to encourage ourselves. So Leslie and I sit down once a week and chat about all nature of things. (laughs) Random topics.
0: Yeah. Trying to connect you know, the idea that saying yes to spirit is that
1: thread that can go through every activity if we're awake to that, if we're conscious to that. Right. Saying yes to spirit is not simply about getting up and going to church on Sunday morning or going to the mosque on Friday afternoon or going to the synagogue or um to on Saturday or whatever your faith practices might be. Saying yes to spirit is not only about going out and sitting in nature and noticing God there. Saying yes to spirit is about saying yes to spirit and everything you do all throughout every day. Yes. And every week we have a theme, and this week our theme is needs versus wants. Needs versus wants. What's the difference between what you need and what you want? And when you say yes to spirit, do you really mm. need anything else? Oh. That's, <laughs> that's, that's it's an interesting question. Or wherever our conversation uh-huh. may take us. But before we do that, we always connect in with the previous week and the last uh, show we talked about home. Home and need versus want. Yeah, that's an easy one. You need a home, a physical home. I guess that would be
0: a need, that we have some sort of physical home. A shelter. I would assume we would put that in the category of need, even though there are many people that do not have that. And um, I'm surprised, you know, for those of you who listen, know that I do quite a bit of work during the week at the Dallas County Women's Jail. And I am surprised by how many young, homeless women I work with. We fill out a form where they put their address, where they check homeless. And there's young women of every race and creed, size and shape that are homeless. And so the idea of needing a home is uh, is something that comes to mind as it connects the dots. But... And I guess it would be a want, too. But we talked a lot last week about the idea of home being an internal state of being, not necessarily a structure. So in terms of that connecting the need and want, do you see a clear connection? Well, I see the
1: exact same thing, that all of us need to be at home within ourselves. Oh, right, right. Every one of us needs that. Good point. Many people simply want it. I may not Uh, even be able to articulate it. uh But all of us need that grounded place within ourselves that we call home so that wherever we are, we are grounded, we are able to stand in our values and in our um, beliefs without it being a struggle or fight or about what other people are doing. Right. So whether it's a physical home or whether it's our spiritual and emotional home,
0: Right. Very good, Tracy. Look at you connecting those dots.
1: Well, maybe I'm learning something from you over a year and a half. Very
0: nice. Um, Yeah, so that's an easy
1: enough connection. Anything
0: else come up? Mm -hmm. Not with that, but I am very interested. I I have a thought that popped into my mind again, so let's take a break and quickly come back so I can say it before I forget it, right?
1: We took a break, Leslie, have a thought.
0: You know, I did, and now I'm trying to think of what it was. Is that not the funniest thing in the whole world? I swear to you, I don't know what it is. I can't blame age because it's always been kind of a part of me. If I don't say things right away, they tend to slip away, slip back into the ether. But I think the concept of need versus want, and when you were saying that that inner sense of well being is a need. And then you made some sort of other question, you made some sort of other statement about sometimes people think of it as a want. And I think my spirituality over the course of my life has accelerated when it became a need. When the circumstance or the situation was so dire or my feeling of the situation or the circumstance was so dire that Mm -hmm. it was a need. And now my spirituality has become such a consistent part of my day that it has kind of almost reverted back to a want. I have a fairly high spiritual sense now, pretty much. And I can drop down below that, but my observer eye kind of comes into play, and I watch myself go down below into suffering, (laughs) and it's kind of almost fun to watch me now go back into suffering, but I was noticing this morning, I do uh, meditation every morning at 7 o'clock at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas. If you're in Dallas, we'd love for you to join us at 7 to 7.30 every morning for silent meditation, and I was trying to do a mantra, and as I was doing the mantra, I kept kind of drifting almost asleep. And I kept thinking, okay, if I open my eyes and look at the candle as I'm doing the mantra with my mala beads, I'll stay awake. And I had this little debate in my head of, no, I just want to rest. I deserve to rest. It's been a very tiring day last night. And I did it. And I was having this little want, and then I just had to kind of come in with this more assertive voice and say, no, you need to get through this mantra. I'm doing the 70 day, 70, 70 times, 70 times, times 7, seven thing and getting through that. So, It was interesting this morning, I really found that that I was more into, you know, I don't really need to do it, but I want to do it, but I didn't really want to do it enough, and want is never enough of a motivator, strangely enough. So do I always have to get myself into a big crisis so that I need it, or can I get to the place where I don't have to need it, but I can actually, you know, stay at a very high level of it without having some human crisis? I'll shut up now and let you speak, Tracy Brown. <laughs> Did you catch any of that? Did it make sense? It
1: made sense in my mind, sort of. Well, I'm I'm sitting here with a smile on my face because I'm thinking, yes, that's what this show is for—therapy. <laughs> no, only spiritual therapy. Only count. Only hmm. kidding. Uh, only counseling. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, because I think that I think what you described is the exact. Experience that many people have, if there's a crisis or I feel like I just really have hit a wall or been backed into a corner, I'll reach out for or reach inside for a spiritual connection, a spiritual, I need that spiritual peace and I crave it and I seek it and I grab onto it. hmm and when I when you have a history of practice and grounding from a spiritual basis, it is easy. That is so much a part of you, you don't feel the sense of needing it because it is who you are. Right. And then when, for some reason, you're a little out of balance or off center, you're reaching out for it. I want this. I want this. I want more of it. I want to use it. So that makes sense, and that brings that makes me think about just in general in our lives how often the things we want the most are things we already have. Mm. Say that a different way. Yeah, I'm thinking about it uh-huh. as I as it uh-huh. came out. I'm like, what does that mean? Uh-huh. Like um, we. Want the new car? I was talking with somebody yesterday who really, 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 really wants a new car. Uh huh. And but in real and they don't have that that make or model of car physically. But in reality, what they want is they want the feeling that oh. they will get, and the people noticing their new car and oh. the feeling of success. Yes. Yeah that they will feel because they had enough money to buy this new car. Yes. And really that feeling, you already, you know, she already really has it inside. It's kind of unleashing the feeling, and it will show up then as the car. And
0: can it show up without the car? Mm Mm-hmm. There you go. And I guess that's the tricky, stick it. A tricky wicket, isn't it? What does that phrase even mean? Sticky wicket. I don't know. But that's the rub, is getting that sense without having the car. So, getting the car, having a vehicle to transport me in, I think is important. I was listening to my favorite XM station, the Oprah XM station, the other day. And Gail King had a, a guy that had written a book about money, and his whole premise was that money can't make you happy, which is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, but my current circumstance with finances is I don't have enough money. I'm having to ask for assistance from my sister to, to make my mortgage payments, so I don't have baseline enough money to pay my baseline bills. So that stress is unbelievable. I would never have imagined the the internal angst that I'm experiencing that I would allow myself age to experience that or that you know not having the bare basics right. money wise could create. So I think now when I look at things like a new car and that experience of that feeling, I do need a car. But the new car is the is the thing that becomes I think the thing that we should be able to experience the wholeness and the feeling I guess I should be able to experience all the good and the wholeness and, you know, not be able to pay my mortgage. But I think that's
1: harder. (laughs) I I think it's absolutely harder, if not impossible, for us on a human level to balance those. And um, and it is okay. I also believe it's okay to want something that you don't currently have. You Mm -hmm. know, so... That doesn't mean that you're missing something inside. So when someone sees a, um, they're out shopping and they see a dress or a suit or a tie and they say, oh, I like that. I want it. That's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that there's something missing inside. And we then go and fulfill that want if we are financially able or if we, you know, I want to have better, I want to have friends in my life, so what do I do to develop the kind of relationships and to be the kind of person that someone wants to be friends with? Right. You know, so I can want, so I don't mean to imply that anything we want, we really already have, um, and that it's not right to want things. Because I think, you know, we believe in a philosophy that says change your thinking, change your life. And all it's all around cause and effect, and setting a a, a a clear intention about what it is you want to experience in life. So, so I don't think want is bad. I think we have to be careful to make sure that what we want is not trying to replace something that we already have, or or, and that we're willing to do what it takes to develop from the inside out, so that we can have what we want.
0: Right. It's that thing that we want if we're looking for that thing out there to give us this sense of well-being or, right. or feeling of valued and value,
1: um, that's, unhealthy that,
0: that's the unhealthy thing. Yeah. So but we have to be clear about what it
1: is we want Yes. in order to direct our path, in order to prioritize our options and choices for the day. And so one in itself is not bad, Um and then kind of going back and connecting with what you were saying just a few minutes ago but isn't it interesting when we don't have what we consider our basic needs right you know maslow's hierarchy of needs if we don't have our basic survival needs met right it's hard to have healthy wants
0: right they can well for me it you know becomes desperate feeling right and so it's not a want Desperate, and that's then that what we think we we create creates more desperate, and so just trying to manage that mental uh you know that mental exercise of making sure my mind is clearly saying and believing and focused on the positive of what I want, what I deserve what I need, what I hope for, what I will have, what I have. <laughs> affirmation i have already but it is interesting when you think about the terminology because you i think of um even though i don't have any children you know in the world going out and shopping surrounded by children saying you know mommy mommy i want this i want this i want this and when they say get a no as a response it's really like they the whole world is just shut down it's so fascinating to watch that process and to see how i do that <laughs> in a you know much more much less overtly dramatic way but internally it's the same kind of thing when i don't get something that i say i want and then i see that no as as the outside world you know shaming me or saying you don't deserve it or i'm being punished or there's something you know, there's some there's some judgment back on me not getting what i want versus you know i don't really need that extra something, 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 and, or not now, or, you know, that I put a right, judgment delay, on no not
1: denial, mm-hmm. um, and, and the bigger question of why do I want it, mm. that I, over the last, um, there have been other periods in my life when I've done this too, but over the last three years, I've noticed a lot, I'll ask myself, why do I want it, when I start thinking about, I want this, or I see something, and I want that. It's almost now an automatic for me inside to say, okay, you can want that, but why do you want it? Mm. And and sometimes it's I want it because I just think it's pretty, or I want uh-huh. it because it'll be fun, or I want to go do that because I've always wanted to go to Amsterdam. You know, I want to go to Amsterdam. Why is that? I, I want to see that's one of the places in the world. I want to personally see and experience in this lifetime. Cool. And it's not about fixing anything or feeling successful or feeling like I've made it now. It's none of that. It's just that's something I really like to do. I it's about like getting people. high in the streets for free. No, I'm kidding. No, that would be <laughs> why you
0: would. And, uh, it's a healthy one. It's just a want. It's not it's a... It's
1: just a want. It's not... Right. I'm not confusing... I'm not cleaning. I'm not looking outside for validation. I'm right. just validating that I can have things that are fun and right. are interesting to me. On the other hand, there have been times when, yes, I've been, I I really, really want $1,000 in the next five days. And I'm going to say, well, why do you want that? because I'm not going to be able to, you know, pay the electric bill bill and the phone bill and the cell phone bill if I don't have $1,000. Well, that's it's a fact, but it's a scary, you know, want. It's a want of do I really believe that God is my source and I will be provided for? Do I really believe that? Then I can want it and I can claim it, but it would be from a different place than a desperation want, than a yes. scared one, right? And so, with oh, the emotion that I'm attaching to uh-huh. it, uh-huh. is it's kind of what I train myself unintentionally, yes. Yeah. But you know enough, I mean, in the last three years I've had some, you know, I've had some ups and downs and some real challenges around money as well. And um, there were periods when I noticed, yeah, it's like, okay, the want itself is not bad, but what emotion am I attaching to it? And if I am I wanting out of fear mm-hmm. or am I wanting from a place of joy, expansion, growth?
0: You know, that's an excellent question to ask ourselves. And that would almost be a spiritual practice to mm-hmm. to kind of stop and have that thought, is this want based of fear? Because believing the idea of our thoughts create our world, it's really more of a, our beliefs about our thoughts create our world. And so if that belief, if that want is out of fear, then what I'm really going to manifest is
1: just more situations to be fearful of. Right. So even if that gets answered and resolved, yeah. I love the way you said that. I'm just gonna manifest either more to be fearful, fearful of, of with that specific situation or with the next situation. Yes. The next thought. Yes,
0: the next situation. And that is curious. Um all thoughts, all things going in a positive direction at one time. There seems to be the uh, ultimate sticky wicket. <laughs>
1: Okay, I can't
0: help myself now. You know, if you get the spirituality going and then you get, you know, the finances going and then, you know, I don't have a relationship. Uh, I get the relationship going and then, yeah, you know, I give up my... With
1: everyone you come to contact
0: with. <laughs> I don't have someone sharing an intimate relationship with... And, you know, I get the intimate relationship and then, you know, I can't have the spirituality because I have to be with the intimate relationship. So, you know, it's interesting to think about getting all situations in life moving towards a positive want, you know, need, want, direction at the same pace and not having one or two really going well and then
1: one or two, boy, just taking away, sucking the very life out of the one or two that are going well. That's <laughs> so not a very pretty picture to imagine. It's very
0: very clear though.
1: So let's talk a little bit <clears throat> about that question. If mm. you're saying yes to spirit, no, oh, hate that question. <laughs> is there anything else that you need? Yeah, no,
0: I know, and the answer is no. And really, you know, that's the thing that um, that this financial little. Blip in my life has has challenged me with because I absolutely believe that my essence and core is this spiritual being, and that you know all this other is I call it a game. A lot of times I said that to someone the other day, and they were not pleased. They did not appreciate me calling their life Life a game. is
1: not a game.
0: But um, you know the circumstances. Again, I I sometimes have a very good. Observer eye that can kind of just enjoy the ride, so to speak. And I'm surprised at myself at how um, much I've let anxiety take over. Because I do think that if we're saying yes to spirit in each next right thing, that, that there is no want or need beyond <clears throat> that, that everything will flow in. And perhaps as I'm saying that, I'm thinking at some level I must not be saying yes to spirit at everything. Or things should be flowing differently. You know, there must be some internal block that I'm, you know, allowing to continue or not fully aware of
1: to transition through. Or things should be flowing more naturally. And that sounds like a pretty generic statement. And it taken just a little bit over would put us into spiritual guilt. Or a new thought, get metaphysical, <laughs> <laughs> because clearly I'm doing, you know, I'm not doing what I need to do, and so that's why my life is full of crap because I must not really be believing. And I don't hear you saying it. That. Oh yeah, I, to, uh, yeah, I, I don't hear your energy. <laughs> <laughs> your energy's not not like, at that know. point. But I'm, you know, it's like oh yeah, it be easy to take that to this to the extreme of it which means, and so here I am, I'm causing all of this. Um, and and it is an interesting uh, challenge to find the balance because we do believe that ultimately we have, call, we have caused or called mm-hmm. everything that happens to right. us in our lives through the combination of our conscious and subconscious thoughts. Right. And sometimes when we are, you know, playing a part in someone else's life that we don't know about because we're playing a role to support their story or their experience, it's hard to know, like, is this something I've called for? Example, um, so if, if my sister is contributing to my household, you know, to, to paying my mortgage, Yes, and I am learning a lesson about receiving. Yes, maybe I have asked to be able to really see reciprocity in the world. Yes, it, this may be a way for to show me a lot of spiritual lessons. What about also not instead of, but it may be that it may be a you may be being a pawn in her life game of being generous or demonstrating love to family in a way that I can, or something like that. It's like we're all so interconnected it's hard to,
0: yeah, it's that when we
1: do needs and wants and are just retelling our story of what's going on in our lives, it's almost impossible unless you have prayed for something very specific and then it shows up exactly like that. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know how much of it is what I have for, or who I am here to be, and how much of that is me being a part of somebody else's experience. And I have to experience this. I have to be sick so that this person can express their healing capabilities. Or I have to be broke so somebody can express their generosity. I mean... Do you think that? I don't think that. Do you think that? I think it's not a one single thing. Oh, okay. I think everything that's happening in our lives it's like a is... A mix, yeah. a, you know, um, a synthesis of what it is I want, right, and what it is that the people I interact with want okay. and need. Okay. So you know, because so, so often I say, I you know, someone will say, I want, um, I want to be in a relationship, and they get in a relationship or they're angry or, you know, it doesn't work, um, but they got what they asked for, and it can work, you know, so it seems like this isn't what I wanted. Well, you said was you wanted to be in a relationship. So you did get that. Um, And then there other times you might say, I want to be in a relationship, and you don't get the intimate partner relationship, but you end up with someone coming into your life who's like your best friend. Mm said you want to be in a relationship, you have a certain picture, but the universe gave you a relationship that was healthy, that was whole, that was all of that, and so you could learn how to do that, or you could experience it in your life. So it's hard to know whether everything that happens is simply in reaction to or in response to what I say I need and want. Mm and how much of what happens to me is in concert with what my friends, what my family, what my neighbor, what the person who drives by me on the highway needs them on. Does
0: that make any sense? You know, it's starting to make a little bit more sense. Initially I thought, oh, she's lost her mind. There's no way. I (laughs) But I could be poor so my sister could give me money, and and that's a very extreme, see, and so the concert... See, I get that, and I think that is exactly one of the mysteries of life: is how does that ebb and flow of our relationships affect us? Because we can have friends. I've certainly had friends that I would consider toxic. You know, that their energy and their um, half glass, empty glass, half empty feeling—ninety-nine <laughs> percent empty, even if it's really
1: full. But they see, you know. And, that and now what am I going to do? I'm sorry. Obviously, <laughs> you've done that. You've experienced that? <laughs> and you're right. I have a couple of people who I consider friends, and that's right. just who, that's, I know that's how they're going to express in the world, and so I just take a deep breath because I can't change them, but I care about them.
0: Yeah, and that's the curiosity of, you know, the, again, that concert. Does that energy... You know feed into my energy does my energy overcome that energy? you know whose energy gets to you know win that uh spiritual warfare comes to mind but oh, I don't believe in that really but uh, but I do believe in the serendipity of you know the the mystical experience I have to always come back to that word, but um. And I, I, I think maybe I am a bit more of an absolutist in believing that, yeah, that there is that that ultimately my experience is my experience. But if I'm, uh, my creation, my experience is my creation. But if I'm living in this really spiritual zen-like spot, then, then my experience. becomes more participatory with all people around me. In a strange way when I'm when I'm really focused on my human experience or my lacks or my wants or my needs, I'm sort of closing myself off in a way from others. And the more I expand into who, you know, we all truly are God expressing, that becomes uh that that, that kind of makes that concert More something. More better. More better. (laughs) (laughs) But if I'm just really focused inwardly, then I get very small. And I just, that's a really curious
1: question. Well, Well, and and the challenge with that is, it is a requirement to focus inwardly and to really be healthy and to be whole and to be. always expanding, ever expanding from your own inner sense. That's really critical to have a successful, peaceful, powerful journey life. Mm -hmm. So you can't always be out in the world, but when you are grounded that strongly in an inner way, I agree with you, then it allows you to show up in every encounter and every relationship in a way that serves and every, right, Right. so all. Right. So you can't do one or the other. Okay. You have to do both. You have to take care of yourself. You have to be um, grounded. You have to be internally focused to a certain point and then allow that to express in your life, in the world.
0: And if I'm really flowing in that expression, am I going to hook up naturally? Like if I have a need, like I need money, it, it, and I'm really centered and I'm at peace, am I just naturally going to have? Because it's an interesting thing, and I um, I use this example of my sister. It's very curi- curious, the, the circumstance of my. Let's review my financial life, shall we? <laughs> that oh, not. It'll be fun. Uh, I lost my job in December of '09. And so then I started trying to do some business things or create some different things and, you know, hide and loads of that. Got some unemployment for a period of time. And it was about a year and a half I was able to kind of fend for myself and meet my daily needs. And But all that whole year and a half, I always had this, oh, someday I'm not going to be able to fend for myself. Oh, it's, you know, next week might be the week or next month might be, And I just had this anxiety. It was building and building and building. Oh, my, you know, financial world is tumbling and what will happen, what will happen, what will happen. Well, it never, you know, for a year and a half it was fine, but this underlying current of anxiety was there. It wasn't very
1: underlying, (laughs) by the way.
0: it It was was near and dear, (laughs) fairly obvious, but, you know, that's all right. I, uh, 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 see, now I've lost my whole train of thought thinking, was it that obvious? (laughs) Okay, fine. Yes, it probably was obvious, but uh, it, it was, it was, it was not real in that year and a half. I was mm-hmm. able to meet my needs. And then, but the anxiety was there, yes. And all my friends knew it. And then at that year and a half mark, within a 72-hour window of really, when it really was going to become just perilous, my sister who lives in Virginia, who doesn't keep up with, it, I mean, yes, she knows, you know, big picture what's happening, but there's no daily contact. There's no, within a 72-hour window of it becoming perilous, I get a phone call from her and she says to me, I really want to help you out with some finances. I've got some additional money. I wanna help you do some things and get involved and, you know, be participate in your life that way. And then I thought, Oh my gosh, this is you know, it's a miracle, right? It's a miracle. The red seas parted. And then like for the next month I felt horrible. I was like, Oh, spirit God, whatever I'm calling you today. How could I have doubted? You know, this is this is how it's supposed to work out, you know. This is fabulous and I had you know, I had such a lack of faith and how can I, you know, ever repay you for my lack of faith? <laughs> and I got this clear message in a meditation one morning from my little spirit voice, it is kind of funny. And uh it said, you know, I was feeling so badly that I had had such a lack of faith, I said, you know, um, you parted the Red Sea right when I needed you to part the Red Sea the little voice came back and said, Yes, Leslie, but you had to actually get to the, the Red Sea first. <laughs> I was up here on the mountaintop looking at the binoculars, you know. There's the Red Sea. Course, I'm approaching okay. it. I'm worried about it. Well, I, could, clear it.
1: I, could, I could go <laughs> to the Black Sea, <laughs> but there's the Red Sea. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go through whatever I have to do to get to the Red Sea. It's like... that panicked. All along the way where you could have taken many other paths. Mm. You could oh, have I hadn't gone even thought to, about that. That's interesting. Yeah, you could have gone, you know, to Europe. You could have gone. That's th- funny. You could have gone different places, mm-hmm. but you were so set on going to the Red Sea so the Red Sea could be reparted. Right. So the miracle could happen. Right. That, <clears throat> Yeah.
0: It isn't that interesting? So, yeah, like your little mother wife metaphor. would
1: say, "Yeah, Leslie, I had to wait till you got here." Uh-huh. It's clear you were you were headed here. Uh-huh. You were going here.
0: Uh-huh. I couldn't do anything until you got there.
1: Exactly. But what? How the, great both is
0: that? both the metaphor works on both levels. Like, I could have mm-hmm. taken a different route as well.
1: So um, in the Science of Mind text, one of the meditations for self help that Ernest Holmes included in here is about the things I need come to me. Ah. Whatever I need comes to me from the all good. Divine intelligence working through me always knows just what I need and always supplies it when I need it. This law is unfailing and sure and cannot be broken. I receive my good daily as I go along the pathway of life and I cannot be robbed of my birthright to freedom and happiness. I receive my good. Mm. So in the context of every need will be responded to whether it is what I need right here today or whether it's, okay, I'm just preparing you. I'm going to have this big need in the future, and so when I get there, fill it. Mm -hmm. But that, that whole sense of whatever I need comes to me from the all good. And um, one of our uh, practitioners at the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas um, really—it uh, just sticks with me that you know she has for many years now told her children, who are you know only like 11 and 13 now, but she's told them this since they were you know in school age, like five or six, that you know, if you, whatever you pray for, whatever you decide you really want, it has to come, it comes from God, it comes from the all good, but it has to come to you through people. Right. I mean, so when people offer you something or when people invite you to do something or when, you know, it's like, yes, (laughs) accept, accept your good. Right, right. You know, and because that's how it's going to show up. It's going to show up through your parents. It's going to show up through your friends. It's going to show up through the cashier at the grocery store. It's going to show up in the form of or as a result of an action a person takes often. Right. Obviously, some of the things that are really good in our lives are, you know, to see the sunrise or to look it up and see the full moon and how beautiful it is and that didn't come to us through a person but in a lot of a lot of ways what we say we want and mm-hmm. the things we say we need yes they get expressed or provided through
0: a person right and i wonder if those little tiny kids if that is just so much a part of their belief system they don't even have you know any kind of Well, our society would probably teach them something, you know, on the other end of that. But, you know, they would have a stronger base. Yeah, and they
1: do. I mean, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why it it has stuck with me because, yes, then I, you know, see her kids expecting. Right, I can see that. would be so cool. That their expectation is that good will come to them. Yes. And, and and if you offer them something, you know, it's not like they are suspicious. Now, they're careful. They know you don't just go up to strangers and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Right, right. But, you know, to see them accept a compliment uh-huh. is, is just amazing because they realize that, You know, it's affirming who they are and that somebody else can see them the way God sees them. Or, you know, to accept, um, you know, a gift and not say, oh, no, I can't accept that. You know, just to say, wow, I wasn't expecting it. The 13-year-old, thank you. I I wasn't expecting this. And you can kind of see it, but then you see the the subtle message kick in of, Except your are good. Mm-hmm. And say thank you. And you're saying thank you to that person, and you're saying thank you to God.
0: Right. They get the both and thing. Yeah. It sounds like she's teaching them the both and thing. Which, again, that goes back, you know, that whole, we talked about receiving one time, and, you know, our needs and our wants, many times, We're our own block to that, or I have been my own block to that, you know, because of that saying on one level, I want or I need, I want, probably, I want, Mm -hmm. you know, this 120% wonderful thing, and then having this other underlying message of, well, I don't deserve that, I don't really need that, or, you know, that would be gluttonous, so that would be, you know, too much. And so then that conflict. Right. Goes out into the universe, and so nothing can clearly come back because there's not a clear message. Right. Or a container
1: you, to come right. back to. Or it's the emotion of I don't really deserve it, you know, I really don't. It's like that has more strength. Feeling, yeah. And because it has more feeling, and it because it's a message that you've said to yourself about so many things over 40 years, that it immediately has more credibility. Yes. Yeah. Then the I want I want this, and so you get that. You get the I don't deserve it. You get the I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I you know can have this, and and you, it shows up just like that, perfect. There's no conflict at all. It's that's what you get. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so now you need to answer the the hard question there that you asked me. If you say yes to spirit, Tracy Brown, is there anything me, that you need?
1: Do you need anything else? Hmm. There's a typo on the Blog Talk Radio um, page. <laughs> Does it say, do you need, I think I was going to type, do you need or want anything else? Uh-huh. And then I decided to take out the want, but I left the W. So do you need anything else? <laughs> Winny thing else. Winny like thing that. That's a new word. We may have to figure out what to do with that new word, win anything. Want anything? Uh, okay, so answering the question, when you say yes to spirit, do you need anything else? And I think for me the answer is no. Because when I say yes to spirit, my everything that I need is going to be provided. Everything that I need, a place to live, the money to survive in this world at this time, uh, to pay my bills, to, you know, have what I need, is going to be covered. And the relationship to saying yes to is like those two things go hand in hand. And that's probably why when I was typing the question, I took the one, because I think I can want a lot of things. I can want a lot of things and then the question right. becomes, is it a healthy want or is it an unhealthy want? And but do I need anything else? No.
0: And is it because you're truly saying yes to spirit the needs the basic needs would be met?
1: Right. And and the I you know, that's interesting that phrase basic needs. It does mean to me the survival need that I have a safe, warm place to live, that I have, you know, the tools and resources I need to do my work in the world and to communicate with people, you know, my electric bills paid all you know, all mm-hmm. of that. Um, are survival needs and basic needs. But, you know, what just went through my mind when you said that, you tapped a place of basic needs include different things for different people. So if my purpose in life is to um, help people build cross-cultural bridges so they can do their best work in the world, right? then a basic need for me to fulfill my life's purpose you know, are things that might not be survival needs. Oh, right, okay. But they're basic needs for me to be the best of who I came to earth to be this time. So, you know, in that sense, if I were to really think about my basic needs that way, the things that I need to do the business to be a speaker and trainer and author... And it, and thought of those as those are basic just for me to express the unique mm. individual that God created me to be. Right. Okay. Now that's different than survival, human physical survival needs. So survival would be underneath the basic, and the basic would still be as. Well, no. I'm just thinking about do I. I'm. What's going through my mind is, do I want to change my definition of basic of basic needs to include all of that? Because, um, as much as I appreciate and understand Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that whole, you know, a journey from survival to self actualization. Um, what's interesting is that self-actualization from a spiritual perspective Uh is why I am here at all. Right. And then doesn't that make it become, those are my basic needs. (laughs) I like it. I like it. And I have to have whatever I need in order to do this in the world. Because what I've noticed is that even when money has been really tight or non-existent, (laughs) that there are things that would traditionally in Maslow's hierarchy of needs be in self-actualization at the very top of the pyramid. But I noticed that I have that. I have what I need to go out and help people communicate better. Just Mm -hmm. by showing up and being an example of that or by asking a really good question. And or I, you know, get invited to facilitate something. Right. And there's not money attached to it, but it is a basic need that I have to express that way in the world, to facilitate people through a very sensitive conversation. And that's a basic need. So if I had, you know, $10 million in the bank, But I wasn't being asked to do these things. I wouldn't be fulfilled. They're they're that basic. They're that basic. Things. Is that okay? I get
0: that. I get that. But yes, on the
1: on the Maslow hierarchy, on the Maslow pyramids, that would be those things would be self-actualization. And in theory, um, it wouldn't.
0: Wouldn't that be the divine's plan, regardless, uh, for everyone to get all the way to the top? I don't know that the, the spirit that I believe in would, you know, say, well, you know, that's not part of the plan. Yes, the possibility
1: that the, the right. plan if, is for everyone to. If we believe in a God that is infinite and creative power and create creativity and creates each person as a unique being, then each one of us, if we are living our fullest life, would be experiencing self-actualization, the top of the pyramid. Top of the pyramid. And the barrier, any barriers to that. There's a process to it, but there could be, the barriers have to go away. So, yeah, I think that is the plan, that every one of us gets to experience our, what we uniquely bring and share it.
0: And probably it's a lot of our culture that tells us, tells me, mm-hmm. no. that, that part of that is, you know, financial. Yeah. It's really probably just as available to someone who doesn't have a financial, you know,
1: Exactly. Anything. So,
0: yeah, so that so back to the So think about either people in the
1: jail or you think about people who are homeless who have talents, who have uh, skills and are not able to make money using them. But it doesn't mean they don't have the talent. It doesn't mean they don't have the skill. And so if they are able to offer that, so, you know, we've read stories about, well, we've read lots of stories or seen movies about people who were homeless and then, you know, changed their life and became wealthy or "Quote unquote right. successful," right. Now I'm going to put those aside. People who are homeless, who even being homeless, look out for others. You know, bring four or five people together and nurture them, and you know, and it's like they're using their self their self actualization skills, talent, uh-huh. their gift, because you know, for whatever reason, either they're natural leaders or they're compassionate and caring, and they have a unique way of nurturing people, then you're right, they don't have to have money to nurture people. So then that would be... Self-actualization. Self-actualization. In- even though it appears that you don't have what you need to survive.
0: See, that is a sticky, wicked. I had to use it three times. I felt strongly about that. Uh, but that's true, isn't it? That is true. It is
1: true. It's very true. So, um so spiritual practices, because every week we try to to talk about spiritual practices, and we did already when I gave that example about when you want something, asking the question yes, of why I like do that. I want it, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. could turn into, that could be an example of a spiritual practice if it were used on a regular basis. Yes. Anything else that comes to mind in relationship to this topic of needs versus wants?
0: Needs versus wants in spiritual practice. Well, I guess the spiritual practice of, of you know receiving, of opening the container, and what kinds of uh, spiritual practices allow for that? Would that be a just a centering meditation, knowing my own value, sitting with my sense of worthiness? Uh-huh. But I think somehow allowing that container within me to receive things that may be being given to me to meet my wants or my needs that I might be shutting down or like your little friend is teaching her kids, you know, say yes to everything because you don't know where that thing's going to come from. And don't, um, you know, I think if things don't look a certain way, I might shy away from them or if a person doesn't, Look a certain way or act a certain way, I might shy away from them, but be more open to. Yeah, be safe. Be safe. I yes.
1: mean, use some discretion, but don't just automatically dismiss. Right. Say yes. Yes. Because
0: spirit is showing up in your life in all kinds of ways. And that might be a spiritual practice in and of itself, just saying yes. Have you ever seen yes. the movie Yes Man? Yeah, I was just
1: thinking about that
0: with Jim Carrey. And that was fascinating. If you see that movie, it's From a spiritual perspective,
1: to yes. watch that again is amazing. Yes,
0: ah, uh, yeah, that would be a little thing to do if you haven't seen that, because it does show that very principle of when you say yes to things that you would never even say yes to, how that feeds this
1: or seeds this thing that then becomes everything you ever wanted. And and just keep in mind, yes, it's a movie, and yes, it's Jim Carrey, and so yes, and has to go to. Some very extenuating extremes. Extreme. Um but the concept, the spiritual concept behind it, um really does make the point by the end of the movie. Yes, definitely. To go does. look at to make you look at your own life and go, ooh, what am I automatically saying yes. no to yes. that if I said yes might open a door that would lead me directly to what I want in yes. my life. Yeah, that's really interesting. So um, you're right that you had to say Sticky Wicked three times because that's who (laughs) you are. But when you said it the second time, I made a mental note. If she says that a third time, I'm going to Google it. So Sticky Wicked, the origin of the word is from the standard definition of wicked, wicked, W-I-C-K-E-T, as a small gate. And so a small gate that sticks. Uh-huh. You know, it's, like, a little bit harder to open. Wikipedia wiki Wicked is a metaphor used to describe a difficult situation or a difficult or embarrassing problem or situation. That's difficult what, situation, yes. yes
0: that's yeah, I love
1: it. Mickey Wicked is. Love it. So uh, that's it for today's show. Next week we will be talking about your life. Is it a spiral or a loop? And oh. what it's what does saying yes to spirit have to do with how your life un does your life unfold in a spiral or in a loop when you say so, yes to spirit?
0: It's amazing how fast an hour can go when you focus on saying yes to spirit and looking at philosophical meaning of things. Yes.
1: So that is it for this week, please visit us on the on dot com forward slash YTF or visit us at gotinmyday dot com or reclaimjoy.com. dot com. And until we meet again say, say yes, yes to the spirit. To